Hi there, Linda. I see you're ready for the podcast, Preparing Our Heart for Worship. I sure am, Glenn. This week, we're visiting again with Oscar Peterson, vicariously with his style and our computer software. That's very true. For the online audience, we have a wonderful piece of software, and we can create our background music with it. And it could be programmed to learn the style of a musician. Then we can recreate our accompaniment with that music with some of our songs in the style the artist played it. It's kind of like having the artist play along right here with me. That's really neat. And it's really fun, too. Also this week, we're going to continue our study of the scriptures about what heaven is like and what it'll be like when we get there. This week's song is Leave It There by Charles Tinley. And it goes like this. If the world from you withholds of its silver and its gold, and you have to get along with a meager fare, just remember in his word how he feeds the little bird. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Refrain goes, leave it there, leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If your body suffers pain and your health you can't regain and your soul is almost sinking in despair, Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. When your enemies assail and your heart begins to fail, don't forget that God in heaven answers prayers. He will make a way for you and will lead you safely through. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. When your youthful days are gone and old age is stealing on and your body bends beneath the weight of care, he will never leave you then. He'll go with you to the end. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. Oh, leave it there. Charles Tinley had four common concerns that many of us have and emphasizes the power of God to help us with them. The title is sometimes given as Take Your Burden to the Lord and Leave It There or as Take Your Burden to the Lord or as Take Your Burden. Words taken from the song's refrain. The plurals, burdens, and them are sometimes used in God instead of the Lord. Leave It There is a song which strongly encourages us to cast our burdens upon the Lord and let Him sustain us. The text was written and the tune was composed both by Charles Tidley. Charles Tidley was one of the most eminent preachers of the Methodist at the turn of the 20th century. Hymnologist James Ambrelton has called Tidley a pastor, orator, poet, writer, theologian, social activist, father of the African-American hymnody, and prince of preachers. Dr. Abington places Tinley's hymns alongside those of Thomas Dorsey, often called the father of gospel music, who in the first quarter of the 20th century 
represented a new kind of African-American sound, influenced by the blues and jazz. Precious Lord, Take My Hand was the most famous of Dorsey's gospel hymns. Dorsey built on the earlier gospel song tradition of Charles Tinley. On the surface, many of Tinley's hymns seem to differ little from the gospel songs composed by his white counterparts from the same era. Indeed, in the hymns cited above, the theme of taking all burdens to the Lord is common. Charles Tinley was born in Berlin, Maryland, July 7, 1851, son of Charles and Hester Tedley. His father was a slave, and his mother was free. It seems that he was expected to work to help the family. In his book of sermons in 1932, he speaks of being hired out as a young boy, wherever his father could place him to keep his freedom. Tedley was largely self-taught throughout his lifetime. He taught himself to read and write at the age of 17. He also married Daisy Henley at the age of 17. Together they had eight children, some of whom would later assist him with the publications of his hymn. After he and Daisy moved to Philadelphia in 1875, he took correspondent courses toward becoming a Methodist minister. He did this while working as a building caretaker for the East Bain Bridge Street Church. Beginning in 1885, he was appointed by the local bishop to serve two or three-year terms at a series of churches until coming full circle to become pastor at East Bainbridge in 1902. Under his leadership, the church grew rapidly. They relocated in 1904 to the East Calvary Methodist Episcopal Church, then again in 1924 to, to the new Tenley Temple, where the membership roll blossomed to about 10,000. Tidley was known for his captivating preacher preaching and also taking an active role in the betterment of his people in his community. His songs were an outgrowth of his preaching minister, often introduced during his sermons. Tidley was also able to draw the people of multiple races in his church. Likewise, his songs have been adopted and used by white and black churches alike. His wife Daisy died in 1924 before the completion of the temple, Tidley Temple. He remarried in 1927 to Jenny Cotton. Charlie Tidley died in July 26, 1933. Known as one of the founding fathers of American gospel music, he produced around 50 hymns. Perhaps his best-known song is We'll Understand It Better By and By which is found in a few of our books. Leave It There was published in 1916. One day, a church member who was a constant worrier visited Tinley. After listening to the fellow for a while, Tinley told him, My advice to you is to put all your troubles in a sack, tack them to the Lord, and leave them there. The song mentions several specific burdens that we should take to the Lord and leave with him. Stanza 1 talks about poverty. If the world from you withhold of its silver and its gold. In Acts 3.6, we read sometimes the world withholds of its silver and gold, as it did with Apostle Peter. 
And you have to get along with meager fare. We read in Philippians 4, 12, at such times we may have to get along with meager fare. Even as Apostle Paul knew how to be abused, hungry, suffering, in need. Just remember in his word how he feeds the little bird. Matthew six twenty five and 26 tells us that however the Lord has promised to take care of his people, just as he feeds the little birds. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Stanza 2 refers to pain. If your body suffers pain and your health you can't regain, we read in Philippians 2, 25 and 26, as well as Timothy 2, 2 Timothy 4, 20, it says, There are times that when even God's people suffer pain and health problems. And your soul is almost sinking in despair. James 5, 14 and 15 tells us that such sickness can even cause our soul to be sinking in despair. Which is why Christians who are sick are told to call for the elders of the church to come and the elders can minister to their spiritual needs during their illness. Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. As in, as in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 9, 39, we learn that Jesus knows our pain and he can heal. Yet, even if he does not heal, he will give you grace needed to endure whatever thorns of the flesh you may suffer. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Now, in stanza three, it speaks about our enemies. When your enemies assail, your heart begins to fail. We read in Psalms 6, 6 and 7, it says, Every child of God has enemies of some sort of another in this world. Don't forget that God in heaven answers prayer. We see in 1 Peter 3 and 12, 3 verse 12, we learn this. However, we have a God in heaven whose ears are open to his children's prayers. He will make a way for you and will lead you safely through. Matthew 5, 10 through 12 says, Therefore, we can look to him to lead us safely through our persecutions. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Stanza 4 goes to talking about our old age. When your youthful days are gone and old age is stealing on. The Bible tells us in Genesis three nineteen, old age is part of the process leading to death. When we return to the dust from which we come, and God, and God decreed following the introduction of sin into the world. And your body bends beneath the weight of care. The book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 12, 1 through 7 says, Often, Old age is accompanied by problems which cause the body to bend beneath the weight and care. He will never leave you then. He'll go with you to the end. Isaiah 46.4 says, However, God has promised those who serve him that he will never leave them 
in old age. But go with them right up to the end. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Life upon the earth is filled with many kinds of problems, and Christians are not exempt. We often must deal with the burden of financial needs, bad health, persecution, loss of youth. But the Lord has promised that he will guide, sustain, comfort, and provide if we will bring him our burdens and leave it there. Whatever concerns us is of interest to the Lord. Whatever troubles us, we can take to him in prayer. The Lord has promised when we do that, he will give us peace. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstances and in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and being content with its earthly lot of whatever that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is a wonderful promise. Here's another in First Peter 5, 6-7. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And yet another promise in Psalms fifty-five twenty-two: Cast your burden on the Lord, he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. But human nature being what it is, we sometimes take our burdens to the Lord, and then we drag them away with us again. When we depart from the place of prayer, it's not long afterward that we've been fretting all over again. That makes the title of Dr. Tidley's song and the phrase that's repeated 20 times in the text of the song, including four in the refrain, so important. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. The old hymns of the church are one of God's most precious ways of communicating with his people. The simple melody and timeless message contained within their structure is sometimes all we need to hear to turn our situation around and put our focus back to where it should be. Leave it there is a perfect example of this great combination. Whatever you are facing, whether financial, physical, or spiritual, God can handle it. Trust him. Okay, let's let's change gears a little bit here and take a minute to investigate some of the things in the scripture that it says about heaven. Will we become angels when we go to heaven? No, angels and human beings are entirely different creatures. Look at Hebrews 2:4 and also in Matthew 22:30. Jesus said, "After our resurrection, we'll be like angels." in that will not be married. But this was a specific limited comparison. It wasn't an indication that we wouldn't be people. We will always be people. Humans are eternally human. Death involves a relocation to a different place and transfer, transformation into better humans, as we read in Romans 8.23. 
we will not turn into non-humans. In heaven, will we be disembodied spirits floating in the clouds, or will we have bodies? Eventually, all believers will have resurrected bodies. Here are some scripture references. You can read about this. There are several, so if you'd like to take notes, go ahead. Job 19, 25-27. Isaiah 26, 19. Daniel 12, 2-3. 1 Corinthians 15, 12-58. Philippians 3:21, 1 Thessalonians 4:16 and 17, and Revelations 20:4 through 6. Jesus had a physical resurrection body, which he allowed him to walk, talk, eat, read, and in John 21, verses 1 through 14, we're told that. We're also told that his body is a prototype of our bodies. It'll be like the like his. The scripture references of First Corinthians fifteen twenty, also forty eight and forty nine, Philippians three twenty one, and First John's three two. After his resurrection, Jesus invited his disciples, as we read in Luke twenty four. 37 through 39, to touch him, and he said, A ghost, which is a disembodied spirit, does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Jesus was not recognized as first on a few occasion, at first on a few occasions, as we see in John 20, 15, also in Luke 24, 15 and 16, which suggests some change in appearance. After being with him a while, the disciples suddenly recognized him, as we see in John twenty sixteen, as well as Luke twenty four thirty one. This suggests that despite our outer appearance, the inner identity of a person may shine through, especially in in the eyes enlightened by heaven. Will we have? Real heavenly bodies with physical substance? Reference 1 Corinthians 15, chapter, verses 42 through 44. We will be capable of talking, walking, touching, being able to see. Luke 24 and John 20 through 21, and in John 20, 19. Christ's resurrection body had the ability to suddenly appear, apparently coming through a locked door to the apostles and disappearing from the sight of the two at Emmaus. See Luke 24, verse 31. If our resurrection bodies have the same properties as his, this suggests an ability to transcend the present laws of physics and or to move and travel in some way we're not capable of doing now. Christ ate food in his resurrection body and he and we will eat, drink in heaven, 
just like we see in Luke 14, verse 15, and then in 22, verse 18. However, Revelation 7, 16 says, Yet there will be no hunger or thirst in heaven. It would seem that the resurrection body does not essentially need the food and drink or oxygen, uh, conveying those things uh, like that. They nevertheless are fairly capable of enjoying some or all of these things, and no doubt many more. After death, but prior to the resurrection, what would we be like? In Luke sixteen nineteen and in Revelation six eleven, we read that between our entrance to heaven and our reg- resurrection, we may have temporary pre-resurrection bodies. In John four twenty four and Hebrews one, fourteen, unlike God and the angels who are in the essence of spirits, though capable of inhabiting bodies, as we see in Genesis two seven. We see that man is essentially both a spiritual and physical. Hence, between the earthly life and our resurrection, a temporary body would allow us to retain full human qualities. If that's true, there is no, which is in no way to minimize uh, the ultimate necessity of or critical importance of the resurrection. What will the arrival in heaven be like? We can read in Luke 16.22, At their death, believers may be carried by angels to heaven, as Lazarus was. The angels could include one or more of those who have served and protected us while we were on earth. Reference Hebrews 1.14. Then in Matthew 18.10, we learned that some angels are specifically assigned to children and likely accompany them to heaven. We will meet our Lord face to face. Reference these scriptures. Psalm 17, 15, 1 John 3, 2, Revelation 22, 4. Those who have served him faithfully will hear him say, well done. We see that in Matthew twenty-five twenty-one, and Luke nineteen seventeen. In Revelation twenty-one four, it says, "Eventually, he will wipe away all the tears from all our eyes." In Second Peter one eleven, the Scripture says, "Some believers will receive a rich welcome when they enter heaven." It seems likely that those who on the earth have impacted us or that we have impacted by the arriving believers, perhaps including some family members, and who have gone to heaven before us may participate in the welcoming celebration. That concludes our study of heaven for this week. And I want more than anything for people to go to heaven But it's not just going to happen because you or I want it. The God of creation is a loving and just God, but he is also holy. What does that mean to us? It means no unpunished sin can enter his heaven. Being holy means it is not his nature. He cannot any more do that 
than he could sin. It would not be heaven if sin entered in. Since there is no way we can pay our sin debt, we are eternally damned to death in hell. It's a debt we can never repay. So there we would suffer this punishment forever and ever. How horrible. It breaks my heart to think that this is what will happen to so many. God loves us, and it breaks his heart too. The Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He became our sacrifice. Our punishment was transferred to him. He gives us a gift of salvation from this fate, provided we realize our condition, provided we change our mindset, and our heart's desire from this sinful life to what God wants for us. That is, turning from our sins and wanting God's will for our lives. This is called repentance. He will forgive us then of our sin. The original language usage of the word forgive means as if it never happened. God says our sin is separated as far as the east is from the west. Understand it's not enough to know these truths intellectually, The devil knows this, and he is eternally damned. You must have a real change in your heart. Next week, we'll continue our our study of heaven, and we'll be answering questions like these. In what sense will believers be judged in heaven? Will we know everything in heaven? Will we continue to change, grow, and learn once we get to heaven? Will time no longer exist in heaven? Once in heaven, will people know and recognize those they knew on earth? In heaven, will we have our own place to live? Will there be privacy in heaven? Will there be private ownership in heaven? Do people in heaven remember what happened on earth? Do people in heaven know what's presently happening on earth? Do people in heaven pray for those on earth? And on the other side, what will it be like in hell? Glenn, how about you play Leave It There on the tenor saxophone? Oh, I really like this one. Here it goes. Thank you. 
always enjoy having you here with us on Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast, and today is no exception. We always look at the old-time hymns, the authors, and events related to the writing of their songs. We hope you have been informed and enjoyed yourselves. Our music has been distributed to the web, and you can hear it by searching the web for the music of Glenn Dawson. On some of the services, you can punch the like button, and we appreciate it when you do that. It helps our ministry and keeps us going. Our program is part of the Glenn Dawson Evangelistic Association. We're a nonprofit organization dedicated to sharing Jesus with everyone. We enjoy hearing from you, and you can write us on the platform you are hearing us on, our under construction webpage at glendawsonea.com. And I'm thankful to my son who's helping me get that page under control. We look forward to seeing you all next week preparing our, on, on preparing our heart for worship. God, God be, be with, with you. you. Bye-bye Bye for, for now. now.